Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Just Press Play podcast. I just wanted to let you guys know before the episode started that we had a handful of technical issues that delayed us. Um, one of which was Kevin's headphones not being plugged in, so make sure you let him know how headphones work. Um, but the most important for you to know is that we actually lost Pops' audio for the first half hour or so. So I filled in his audio with what I could pick out of background noise from Kevin and mine's recordings. And I didn't get it all exactly right, but you'll know that I'm switching between myself and Pops. When my voice sounds like this, this means that I'm talking for Pops. Around the 30 minute mark, he'll come back in. Um, as him, and as always, enjoy the show. The Titanic was the biggest ship on the ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. <laughs> Ombudsman in a sentence next week. I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official Ombudsman of the Just Press Play podcast. You like apples? Welcome back. We are ready for another episode of the JPP Pod. And LJ, I hope you're ready because Pops, fresh off a week of load management, is back. <laughs> and we are glad to have right. Pops back on, back in the saddle, as they say. Um, guys, before we get started, though, I have something I want to bring up. It's really just been grinding my gears for 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 the past right. four or five days. the we, The exclamation point needs to quit being used. It is the worst thing that ever happened to grammar, text, emails, wow. everything. Wow, wow, that's we, bold. It's used <laughs> way too often now. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I don't understand. I I think I understand its use, and it, it can make sense at times. But we use it now. We put like three exclamation points behind a sentence that really, like, I bet half the time when you get a text with exclamation points, that person is not that excited about whatever they're saying. No. It's like you, you go not. to the grocery store and like, say, LJ, you go to the grocery store and Hannah's like, oh, I need, I, we actually need some milk too. You're like, oh, well, I'm out. I'll get the milk. But now it's like, oh, I'll get the milk exclamation point. You're not that excited about getting freaking milk. And then <laughs> what's worse than that is not only does it convey this fake enthusiasm for subjects that you don't have the enthusiasm for it also now if i just say like so if if someone says hey do you want to go get some deep tonight you're like sure if i put sure and don't put exclamation point now i just say sure now it sounds like oh why does kevin not want to go get what does he not want to go get something to eat it's like (laughs) just because i'm not like yes i would love to get something to eat exclamation point exclamation point (laughs) it it ruins communication do you guys am i completely off or do you kind of get where i'm going i get where you're going and I know I'll send a text sometimes and I'll think, oh, I probably ought to add an exclamation point. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I get where you're coming from. <laughs> it's Well, I think, though, I think, though, you're overreacting because I think, like, it's necessary because it's so hard to read intention through text that, like, you got to have these tools. And you're saying eliminate this tool so we don't have to, like, pretend anymore. 
but like, um, yeah, we might can find a better tool, but like, I don't know. It's, it's at least a tool we've got, you know, like how can you read sarcasm over a text? You really can't, you know? So we've got to have these tools to indicate some sort of like, we have emojis and gifts and all kinds of things now. I, don't, I hate using stuff like that. And it's even worse like at work. Like you look like that. Like, have you ever got the email at work where there's like exclamation points after every sentence? That person looks insane now. Well, then, and I do like, got, okay, so I'm, I'm not guilty of the grocery store version you, you told me, but I am guilty of that because like, I'll be talking to a director for a show that I'm working on or something. And like, I feel like I've got to show some sort of excitement for the show or else they're not going to want to work with me or whatever. So I like send like too many exclamation marks. And then I realize it about halfway through the email. So I write like two or three normal sentences just to like, try to make it seem like I'm just to kind of make yourself. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to look psycho. Like you're yelling at every sentence. Right. Like who's really that excited about. uh, And so I think that's when it gets used. (laughs) I think that's when it gets used often is when people are trying to, you know, convey excitement. And, and a lot of times it's that where you don't really know the person, but you're trying to like show them like, hey, I'm pumped to be working with you or whatever. But then now in the next email, like we mentioned with the milk text or the go out to dinner text, like now I I just talk normal with periods. And all of a sudden now like, well, which is Kevin the exclamation guy or is, is he mad now? Or what was he? You know, I just think it. It now puts it's it's inefficient use of grammar, and now it makes us not know. It, it takes up too much time trying to d- decipher what does Dad actually mean by this text. I understand that, but I think by getting rid of the tool, it's only going to make the problem worse. So I think in uh, you have to come up with a new grammar mark. I think that's what you're uh, going to have to do to make this make this right. Is what is a uh, excited but not like too excited into a sentence. Well, I think you could say it's clearly overused. I'm totally with you on mm-hmm. that. Okay, yeah, I'm probably a little too too crazy. I just think we need to use it better. So, if listeners have a good idea, like let's let's farm this out. If any listeners have a good idea on a way to end a text that shows that you're not just like pissed off about having to respond, but isn't an exclamation mark, let us know because we need a tool. We all need a tool, right? So, so do you guys know? I'm sure you've heard of the man Ernest Hemingway, correct? I have heard well, of yeah, I've him. Heard of yes. him. <laughs> in his 10 novels, per 100,000 words, he used the exclamation point 59 times. So therefore, there's no text that, or email that should have more than one exclamation point, unless you're just freaking pumped. <laughs> well, a book's a little different than a, than a quick correspondence conversation, though. Like, he also didn't use emoji, so should we not use emoji? Like, that's not a that's not a useful okay, way to... Okay, may, may, maybe I'm just trying to just trying to pad bar here. <laughs> I, I agree with you guys. We shouldn't get rid of the exclamation point, but I do it's think... It's overused. I think it's overused. Yeah. Can I make an email complaint that you made me think of? Please. Please. I cannot stand all caps emails. Yeah. I can't stand them. Another thing I can't yeah. stand is the people who write emails that are like a whole page long, <laughs> yeah. no paragraphs, no breaks, just yeah. a wall of text. You like a... <laughs> You like a little yeah. structure with your emails? Well, and you oh, look yeah, away dude. for a second and you can't find where you were. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, all of a sudden, you read an email and you're out of breath. I mean, you can't drink your coffee because you're breathing hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I have, to, I, have to, I have to slot off 10 minutes of my day just to make sure I can read this email. And I hope I did my cardio that morning because... <laughs> hey, man, formatting is important. Formatting is important. Oh. <laughs> well... While we may not should do away with exclamation points yet, there is something we should do away yeah. with. And that is that is those old grooming tools that us men have used for so long. 
It's time to get with the times, and that's why we want to tell you about our friends from Manscaped. They are the number one product in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. I don't know about you guys, and we don't need to get into details, but if you've ever had... If you've ever had a, a snag or or any 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 issues around that area, that's just a delicate area, and you don't want to have any issues. And that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary proprietary skin safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag you. And manscaping accidents are now a thing of the past. And don't use that same trimmer on your face that you're using, you know, below the belt. That's just that's gross. That's all. There's all kinds of stuff going on down there. Manscaped also has the, and if you need, Manscaped has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits, so why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And the best part about listeners of the Just Press Play podcast, you can get 20% off plus free shipping. All you have to do is put the promo code armchair in at manscaped.com. That is armchair, A-R-M-C-H-A. I R at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Trust me, you'll be happy you chose Manscaped. All right, let's get into a little bit of, we are what now? Is it week 11 in the books? I mean, wow. I think we say this every week, but it does, it does seem like it was just like week one and we were talking about Ben Roethlisberger and the Patriots, like that 21, <laughs> 27 to three game. And now it's week 11. Um, I, I'll go straight over to you, L. Any, any just things that stood out to you from week 11? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I just, I, I was sick, so I just watched the Broncos game, and that was. Uh, did regrettable. that make you worse? <laughs> that yeah. might have made you worse. <laughs> yeah, I think I was mildly so, ill, and now I'm like on death's knell right now. So. Um, okay. Well, then with that game, I want to, I want to kind of, I'm not retracting a statement because I'm not. Yeah, I was going to say you need to walk that back. Well, I'm, I'm glad LJ brought that game up because down 20 and at halftime, I think it was 20 to zero. Broncos were up on the Vikings, yep. and I yep. was I was already firing up. I was over here on my my computer just going, "Kirk Cousins sucks. Kirk Cousins sucks. Kirk Cousins sucks." <laughs> and I was doing a little dance, and I was trying to hide because I was watching with mom, who is a Vikings fan, and I didn't want to let her know that I was dancing on Kirk Cousins' grave. And then. Like like the Undertaker, the guy comes up from the dead and looks amazing in the second half. Throws three touchdowns. Stephon Diggs, I don't know what that was happened early in the year, but him and Cousins look great. He's doing this all without Adam Thielen. Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook, their great running back, didn't really do a lot. Um, no, he's the one thing the Broncos stopped. Yeah, I'm not retracting my Kirk Cousins statement, but I am kind of on the fence a little bit. Kirk Cousins looked good. What'd you think, Dad? I thought Kirk Cousins did look good. I did notice the well. You remember the old apology, and uh, you you like that? Yeah. It didn't quite seem like he had control of the team, and I think the guy stepped out. And I I've always kind of liked Kirk Cousins. I thought he played really good on some bad teams, but now he started to assert himself. And you know, I like the Vikings and I like Cousins, so I'm kind of glad to see him doing well. Oh, so you had eye on that game. So what what did you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought Kirk Cousins was good. Um, I thought the Broncos looked oh, terrible. I I don't know. Cor- Cortland Sutton's awesome. Uh, so that's good. He, he is. I think they should have just kept throwing the ball to him because the Vikings could not cover Cortland no. Sutton to save their life. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask your question as a fan watching the game, and I think we've we've probably mentioned this before, but the Broncos. I think we we can we can say safely say that you're not expecting them to make a run, right? I you know I don't think I, I was looking at their schedule, seeing like is it possible for them to make playoffs, and like it is, but they basically have to beat every uh, every team that they're playing is like a good team. 
um, barring a couple of people. Like they play the Bills this week. They play uh, their entire division, who uh, includes the Raiders, who are on fire, and the Chiefs, who are, I mean, not even arguably a better team than the Broncos, the Chargers, who can show up. So, no, I, I don't think they can pull off beating all of the teams they need to to get to the playoffs. Um, but I do think that they might beat a team they shouldn't because I do think there's a lot of talent on that field. They do look like a better football team with uh, Brandon Allen playing quarterback than Joe Flacco. Um, and, you know, if they can learn that football is played for four quarters instead of two, I think they've got a chance to win a couple of football games. Well, but, and I was wondering as a fan, though, do you ever – like? is there ever a point where you kind of hope they lose? Like you get encouraging signs or do you you're always rooting for a win? Because me and mom were talking about that watching because we were kind of root. She was like, if we're going to lose anybody, at least LJ's happy, you know? <laughs> well, and I, I mean, that's definitely fair. But like I'm not, you know, like this isn't like a I hope we lose for draft pick situation or anything like that, especially this year where it – just feels like everyone's on the bottom. Like there's so many teams with just a couple of wins that, you know, we would be losing the battle to get the number one pick, even if we lost every single football game left. Um, so, you know, it's, it's hard to root for anything like that as a football fan, but you know, it's like I said at the beginning of this year that I'd rather have a good team or a bad team than a mediocre team. Um, and, and so, you know, I'd, I'd rather them, you know, take their time and, and develop players, you know, maybe get luck out there and see what they've got if they want to, you know, test those waters. Um, don't ride Philip Lindsay too hard. Don't ride Cortland Sutton too hard and, you know, be thinking about next year. But still, you got to go for the winning. Like, I don't think you're playing football if you're not going for the win. Yeah, I get that. I'm with you. Uh the Broncos, they are. I'm worried they're going to be what what you don't want, and that's a team that ends up being seven and nine. Because, like we talked about, they're uh, they've led in the fourth quarter in four different games and lost all four of them. Yeah. They've led at halftime. I mean, they 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 stay in good games, and the Vikings are a good team, and they were beating them soundly. And in the fourth quarter, they got to the goal line, and they almost made a play to win it there at the end. Yeah, they just can't seem to pull it out. A it's team, just I, those last little bits. Yeah. Did you guys see the statistic? I'm sure you did because it's been everywhere about how. Teams that are uh, leading by uh, twenty to zero um, at halftime at half. are ninety nine and zero in the last five years. Well, now they're well, not. They were. Now they're ninety nine and one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we can thank your Broncos for that one win, yeah. baby. So breaking records, baby, setting <laughs> new standards. You know, a team that maybe like the Broncos may steal some games from the last part of the season are the Falcons. That yeah. team has. They have what is going on? I agree. This is the Falcons we kind of thought might be the Atlanta Falcons at the beginning of the year. Exactly. Where the hell has this been for the first part of the season? I mean, Mohamed Sanu is just holding them back. (laughs) (laughs) Question Do you think the NFC South is actually, they've all made a pact together to be like, hey, we really don't want Dan Quinn fired because we think he sucks. So let's lose to the Falcons (laughs) a couple of times. So Arthur Blake will keep him around. Because I don't know what, I'm with you now. What is good? They beat the, the, the crap out of the Saints last week. And then the Panthers, who I, nobody's saying the Panthers are world beaters, but they're a solid team. And they, yeah. what was it, 29 to 3 or something? Yeah, 29 to 3. And Allen was my fantasy quarterback because Matt Stafford got hurt on Saturday. So I. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, it's, it is funny. Like three, three or four weeks ago, and I don't think any of it, like, uh, we were saying Kyle Allen looked like a. A solid quarterback, and I think he'll be a good backup quarterback for his career. He may be a starter at some point, but I think the talks have really slowed down on, all right, we need to get Cam Newton out of Carolina. We have our quarterback of the future, Kyle Allen. I think those talks have simmered down just a bit. Yeah, just a touch, just a touch. Um, I want to move over to the the AFC now. and Well, actually, before we do that, because I want to talk a little AFC playoff picture, but I also wanted to ask this. So Sunday night, we watched the 
the Bears had an abysmal performance. Mitch Trubisky, I, he doesn't look very good. And then Monday night, Philip Rivers and the, and the Chargers, same kind of situation. I mean, one's young and one's older, but both quarterbacks look like they might just be lost causes. I, I want to ask you guys, what what's a worse situation right now, the Bears or the Chargers, Pops? Wow, good question. I think the Bears have got it worse. Uh, Philip Rivers has still got Hall of Fame. He's still a Hall of Fame potential quarterback. Uh, Trubisky has just not looked like a good Well, and to me, it looks like the Bears kind of know Mitch Trubisky is not the guy, and Mitch Trubisky may even know. And they're they're trying to. It seems like they're trying to play with it, like his ego a little bit because, like when they they pulled him out of last week or on Sunday night's game, and they said, "Oh, it wasn't a benching. He's he's hips been hurt this whole time, but now we're pulling him out." And it really looked like it was a. We know we're not scoring, and we're actually in this game. Maybe Chase Daniels can pull out a win. I don't know. I, I think you're right, pops. Just in the sense that the Bears kind of have gone all in on. I mean, they did the Khalil Mack trade. They did some signings. They went all in saying, Mitch is going to do it. Let's do it. And he just doesn't look like the guy. And now I think you got to figure out where you go next. The The Chargers interest me because, and I've heard this this conversation has kind of got going on social media, and LJ is AFC West guy, so I kind of want to see where he was at. Phillip Rivers is on the final year of his deal. He's 37 years old. Chargers are now, I forget their record at the, I think, four and six or three and seven. Is it maybe time to start thinking about moving on from Philip Rivers, LJ? Wow, I hadn't even thought about that. I couldn't imagine him not being a Charger, but... It would be weird. You know, and so the then the question is, to someone looking for an old mercenary. I'm just saying. An old, tall, mercenary <laughs> quarterback. I'm just saying. I would love... I, between... I, I think Ben Roethlisberger would be better to see LJ have to root for Big Ben, but also to see LJ oh, root for Philip Rivers, who had all those spats with the Broncos back in the day. <laughs> Yeah, but I can. But I mean, I, not, I've always loved Philip Rivers. I mean, I haven't always loved Philip Rivers, but in the past like uh, six, seven years, I've definitely grown to like really appreciate him as both a uh, quarterback and as like a human. Like, I think he's an awesome dude, and so I really I root for his team to lose, but I do root for him to succeed. I I think he's awesome, so um, that wouldn't hurt that bad to root for him. So, I yeah. mean, do you, do you think there's any chance the Chargers move off him after this year? It would be hard to because I think like that's the only thing that makes the Chargers the Chargers at this point, in my opinion. So like if they do, then like I don't know what fans are sticking around for. Like I feel like that's what they, uh, you know, like the San Diego fans are pissed at them. The L.A. fans don't care. Um, the Nash, like the fans all over the country. Yeah, it's just like it's Philip Rivers team right now. And and so it'd be I'm not saying it's a bad decision, but it's a bad business decision, I think, to let go of Philip Rivers at any cost. Unless he wants to walk away. They're at an interesting crossroads because I just think you got to figure out what are you going to do with Melvin Gordon. It doesn't look like he deserves that huge contract. But if you lose Gordon and if they decided to move on from Rivers and you lose Rivers and Gordon, all of a sudden, like what, do you, like what you're saying, El, who, who's the face of that team now? Is it Melvin Ingram mm-hmm. and Bosa on the defensive side? Is it Keenan Allen? I don't know. It, it'll be yeah. interesting to see what they do. Um, sticking kind of in the AFC, I wanted to talk with you guys a little bit about the playoff picture. And right what? now we're looking at uh, the seeding of the AFC. Patriots at 9-1. The Ravens at eight and two, just a game back from the Patriots, and they have the tiebreaker, so that's interesting. Uh, Chiefs at seven and four. Colts uh, are actually, I think the Colts are <coughs> leading that division right now at six and four. The, the Texans and Colts are Tied. both six and four, but I think, yeah, I think the Colts yeah. have the tiebreaker. They play on Thursday night, so we'll see. Then uh, the Bills at five at seven and three. Texans at six with the with the final playoff spot at six and four. So I want to just ask you guys, do you see? What what interests you the most? Is it the Bills maybe sticking in the playoffs? Is it that Colts Texans division race? Is it the Raiders kind of only one game back from the Chiefs as the Chiefs go into about what what kind of interests you about the AFC or is it just the Ravens Patriots at the top pops? What do you think? I like the team you said last. I I can really kind of see the Raiders 
I I love the way Derek. You've Carr been plays saying football. this for a few weeks. You've been saying this. I love the way Derek Carr plays football. That little run he had for a touchdown was amazing. I just think he has the right mentality. That can't be fun to hear for a Broncos fan. But I want to see the Ravens and the Patriots, without a doubt. I think they're both good teams, but the Ravens have their number. Well, and that's what interests me. So the Ravens just, they, they're coming off. The, the Patriots struggled a little bit with the Eagles. 17-10, you heard Tom Brady really, he sounded pretty upset with the way the offense looks. And he was even saying multiple times, like, we're, the strength of our team is the defense, and we're not scoring many points. And he's dead on. I mean, it's not like, that's that's not debatable. They... And then the Ravens, on the other hand, in the game that everyone was really excited for, God. Ravens, Texans, battle of the young quarterbacks, and they just blow the doors off at Deshaun Watson and Texans, forty-one to seven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson throws for four touchdowns and two hundred yards, runs for another like eighty. Gus Edwards goes for hundred yards and touchdowns. Mark Ingram looks good. I mean that Elder, that Ravens team are they the at right now? Just speaking right now, are they the top team in the AFC to you? Yeah, yeah, no question. I don't think anybody can outscore them and. Um, even if they had a worse defense, like even if they had a mediocre defense, nobody's outscoring them and they don't, they have a good defense. So I think well, that's the, a, that's a tough team. Yeah. The guy, man, the, the guy dad talked about, and I was right there with him when they did the trade for Marcus Peters. I think he does get some interceptions, but he gets burnt more oftentimes than he doesn't. He's ever since he got to the Ravens D they, they look really good. And then they got yeah. uh Marshall Humphrey on the other side. They got two good corners. They got an offense. that can score some points. And then, you get a lead, and all of a sudden you can get you can just have those pass rushers pin the tail, pin their ears back, and go. Yep. They they interest me a lot. What do you think, LJ, about the Raiders? Do the Raiders have a shot at sneaking in, or or what? Yeah, that even I mean, interest I do. you? I th- yeah, no, I think that might be the most interesting storyline outside of who would win um, between the the two top teams. Um, but yeah, I think I think the Raiders definitely stand a huge shot. The Chiefs don't look like as as bad as they've looked um, in in months past or years past. And the Raiders, I mean, with a team with so many injuries and so many suspensions and so and so much drama. I mean, that, wait, and, the Antonio Brown stuff at the beginning of the year. I mean, that was. Yeah. I mean, you, look, we can go back two years ago, and I've been uh, ripping on John Gruden being an awful coach for a long time. But like, you and, I, you you and the rest go, of the Internet. I mean, he, he's. <laughs> yeah. But but I also did say um, that that is the way that you build a dynasty is give a coach a reason not to worry about his job for the next year, you know. Um, to be able to build an identity. And that's what he's been able to do. And players have been able to come in and assume their role on a team instead of everybody just working to be around next year. And, uh, you know, that's what the Patriots were able to do once Bill Belichick pretty much gained his uh, job security is it just became about winning and filling your role more than uh, more than being the star or more than being, you know, getting big numbers for your contract. And so that's, you know, I think that's what makes the Raiders the most interesting storyline in the AFC possibly is not what do they end up doing this year, but like if they can continue this into next year, then I think we fear them for the next seven, eight, 10 years. Like who knows? Well, it's just interesting what they, what happens with them moving to Vegas. Cause I think things are only getting better from here up. They got Abraham who that was a first round pick out of, I believe yep. Clemson. He hasn't even played. He looked like a stud for the game he played. Yeah, yeah, and then he um, hadn't played much at all. And then the other, the D lineman that they drafted early looks good. Max Crosby, yeah. who they drafted like late in the in the draft, he looks good. John a- or uh, what's his name at R- Josh Jacobs? Renfro. Josh Jacobs, Josh who they Jacobs, traded. Yeah. That, we all made fun of that Khalil Mack trade, but Jacobs is the running back they got, and they got the Bears' first round pick this year. Who, if things keep sliding, that pick could be a good pick. Yeah, it's interesting, and, and and I think Dad's on to something too with this Derek Carr. I, he, even when his stats don't look great, he looks like the leader of that team, and he looks like the team's confident in him. And not that long ago, we were talking about Derek Carr's MVP candidate, and it seems like him and John Gruden have something working out there. They, they yeah. really interest me, and that 
And that's with we talked about the receiver and that the receivers that Derek Carr's had. Antonio Brown, that shit show that was the beginning of the year, and then Tyrell Williams has missed quite a few games. So it, I, I like the I like the Raiders moving forward. I wanted to now to transition over to the NFC. Huge matchup at the top. We have the 49ers at nine and one taking on the Packers eight and two. I believe that's Monday Night Football Ooh. in San Francisco. Big one, and it, that that pretty much puts home foot advantages up for grabs right there in that game. Wow. Uh, then you got you got the Saints as the third spot at eight and two. The Cowboys are technically at the fourth spot because they're winning their division at six and four. But then the Seahawks are eight and two, and the Vikings eight and three. So the the Rams are the out the team looking at the outside looking in, and I we talked about it last week. It's going to be hard for them to catch either the Vikings or the Seahawks for that wild card spot. Um, we don't have to talk about Dak continuing his MVP uh, campaign, but I, I wanted to. What do you think about that Packers San Francisco game? Do you think that's going to show us who's the class of the NFC, Pops? Where's the game? At San Fran. It is in San Fran. Yeah, a candlestick, right? Yep. Well, no, candlestick's the old one, right? They got a new. Stadium. Oh, right. It's yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, San yeah. Francisco just had a close game against uh, who they play last week? Seattle. Uh, Seattle. Wait, no, no, they played Arizona. They played Arizona no, past Arizona. Sunday, one by ten. Right, Arizona. And Arizona gave them all they can yeah. handle. And I think that was a good one to get because you easily could have seen them losing to Arizona after that. No doubt, Seattle. no doubt. Um, well, both teams are really the best in the NFC. The Packers started off with that defense, and they've just fallen off a little bit lately. But man, I'm I'm just excited for that game on Monday night. <laughs> it's uh, Sunday night. Uh, oh, Sunday Is it night. Sunday night? I knew it was one of the Sunday night games. Night. I didn't yeah. know which one. Okay. Yeah, I got flexed. So, in. so oh, that's right, that's right, L. So the thing that interests me with this one, L, and then I'll get your take on it. But the 49ers, like we said, they're one game above nine and one, and the Packers are eight and two. But after this game. The 49ers go at Baltimore, at New Orleans, versus Atlanta, versus the Rams, at Seattle. So that it's not getting easy for them. Tough. The Packers, after this, go at New York Giants, versus the Redskins, versus the Bears, at Minnesota, at Detroit. So the 49ers need – they don't have – they don't want to go in after this week tied up with the Packers because the schedule favors the Packers. And I think the 49ers would really like to play out there in the nice weather in California come playoff time and go to Lambeau Field if they have to. Yeah. What do you yeah, think about the game? I, I know y'all are going to be watching it, LJ. What do you think? Well, you know, yeah, I was about him out to the say. past couple weeks, he 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 kind of hurt his knee. LJ might know a little more, but he he's been doubtful for both games, and they decided. Not yeah, to play it's him. kind of been quiet uh, as far as I know. There hasn't been a lot said specifically, but I, what I was going to say is who I take it depends on whether the best tight end in football is playing this week or not, um, because I think that's the reason. They the injuries that they've dealt with over the past couple of weeks, especially since the Seattle game, like it just. Seemed like that whole team was uh, physically fatigued, and I think that's what we saw against Arizona. I don't think that that showed the the closeness of the two teams at all in talent level. But um, Green Bay will be the test to see if Kittle's back in, whether San Francisco is all that I've said that they are all year long, or whether they've just had a very favorable schedule so far. So, And I think they're all I've said they are, but you know, the one way to find out is happening this Sunday. So, And it's a huge game for... For Green Bay, not only to try to get home field advantage, but the Vikings, like we talked about with Kirk Cousins, they're only yeah. one. They're eight and three. They're only one game back, and they're on a bye. So yeah. you don't want to end up tied with the back or the Vikings after their bye week. So that game is going to be there's fun a, to watch. There's going to be a ten win team that misses the playoffs in the NFC. I I believe because that. one of those because one of those teams out of the NFC East unfortunately have to get in. So because <laughs> it wouldn't be the Jess Press Play Pod if we didn't mention the Cowboys at least to some extent. <laughs> Cowboys six and four go at New England. Uh, they they really helped. They they it was big for them. They kind of struggled with the Lions, but getting that win and then letting the the Patriots took care of business against the Eagles. So they are now one game up still of the Eagles. Uh, what do you do? You think that do the, do do the Cowboys? What what do you think Cowboys going at New England? Are you saying they do you like them to win that game? Or are you worried about them? What do you think? 
Well, you have to favor New England. We'll just we'll just get out coached. <laughs> um, uh, the the Cowboys have a chance. That offense they haven't really lately, but yes, they can. There's talent. I think it's going to be a really good game. Do you know the line or? I I can check it. I don't know what the line is. LJ, what do you think about that game? While I'm kind of looking at the line, I don't know. It's I, I'd rather watch the cat run around than watch an NFC East game. I mean, I don't have much to say. <laughs> You'd rather watch that than, than the Cowboys Patriots. They play every four years, and it's usually a huge game. I mean, yeah, I know, but it's. I mean, it's it's like watching uh, Darth Vader play against the Yankees. I mean, it's just I don't, I don't care. I don't. It's whatever. Screw it. It's you guys can you guys can enjoy it. I hope you do. But you know. guess the line, pops. What do you think it is? At New England. Let's see. You're you get three for home game, right? And it's at New England. Um, New England's going to. I think New England by seven. Six and say. a half. So wow. you're pretty close. pretty close. I wanted to ask you though. So watching that game, the Cowboys Lions game, the the week before, a ton of criticism because Dak was having the game of his life, just tearing the Vikings up, and they didn't put the ball in his hands at the end of the game when they needed the win. Right. It looked like in that Lions game, and I mean, this is kind of reacting to just the last week, but it looked like it was transitioning. That looked like Dak's team, not Zeke's team. That sure looked did. like, sure like did. second and two. They were up by eight, and they were still throwing the ball when you really normally want to kill the clock. They were trusting Dak to just make the right play, and the dude did. He had like 400 yards passing. He's having a great year. Once again, I think if it is transition over to Dak's team, this game is going to be a game where Dak can really go, look, because some of these – I think people are noticing. Like It's not going unnoticed that he's had a good year. But he goes into New England and has another big game against Bill Belichick in this defense. Jerry Jones, get 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 your checkbook out. Boy, he's going to write a big check. Him yep. and, and and Cooper look so good. I, I think maybe y'all talked about that last week. Yeah, get your golden pen. I remember, yeah, get your golden pen yeah. out and start writing checks. Yeah. And I think that's the thing if you're Jerry Jones. it's though, Now, Cobbs look great. Gallup looks awesome. I, I like Trey Pollard, too, as a back. Like, there's good players around that offense, but – You've noticed in the past. I, I was uh, reading in the past sixteen games for Dak, last ten last year, and the first or the last six last year, and the first ten this year. He's just under five thousand yards passing, which is like starting to get to like Drew Brees numbers. Like that's big time numbers, and that coincides right when the Cowboys traded for Amari Cooper. So I think it's it, it goes hand in hand. I think both of them are really good, but they they work together, and it opens up everything else for Gallup for Coop, for Cobb, who's been a great signing. I. I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not the, your capologist or your salary expert, but Jared needs to find a way to work that out because that those two make that offense go. I think it's just not a easy. little tidbit. I think Blake Jarwin can turn out to be a pretty damn good tight end. I yes. really do. Every he time is, he makes a catch, I wonder why we're not throwing the ball more to him. He's very athletic. He's learning from one of the best to ever play the game. I, I, Dallas has some has a future. They, they're gonna have to pay. They're gonna have to pay. It's gonna take well, and Jerry's got some money, so let's see if they can't figure out how to do it. Uh I wanted to. We got a we got a fun interview. And uh I, before we get to it, I wanted to talk to you guys about Thursday night. And LJ had oh. texted with me. We were texting kind of right after the game. Uh Miles Garrett, we don't have to go crazy onto it because I mean it's been touched on a bunch, but just for any, I mean, you've seen it by now. Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph get into it. Mason Rudolph gets his helmet yanked off, and then Miles Garrett swings it at Mason Rudolph, connecting with with him on his head. Uh, LJ, I'll ask you. You can either go on one of two things. Do you want to talk about did Miles Garrett just blow the Browns' season and chances at a playoff run, or do you just want to talk about what the hell was Miles Garrett thinking? I'll just throw, throw it at you. What do you got? I mean, I think the most interesting thing to me, and we'll never know the answer, but like, or for sure, we'll never definitively know. But it's what the hell happened. It's the um, why with eight seconds left, do you let your head just come off your shoulders like that? Like, 
Um, it would be hard for me to be winning a game by two touchdowns and find a way to lose, uh, you know, emotionally that badly. Um, you know, from I mean, a guy who knows? That, from could, all, from all, it seems Miles Garrett's a really thoughtful guy, really neat guy. He's, he's like, a poetry writer. Everything yeah, I've, I've watched a, a couple different interviews with him. He's he's interesting. Like he seems like he's not that kind of guy. And he, like you said, LJ, he just lost it. Yeah, and I, and who knows? Maybe Mason Rudolph just so deserved it. I mean. Um, but man, I just, I can't imagine being up like that and then, and then giving up, you know, I mean, you had to know if you're in that situation, I mean, you're not thinking about it, but like I knew immediately that was a season, you know, I immediately, Mm. that was the end of Miles Garrett's season. And he probably realized as soon as he got done too, but like, man, I just, I can't imagine giving up that much for no matter what he said or did or whatever. Like, that's crazy. What do you think pops? Well, I think. Rudolph has has some culpability in this big time because, I mean, I don't know what they said to each other. I mean, obviously tackled the guy. Rudolph goes after Garrett's helmet first. Garrett grabs the helmet off Rudolph and looks like he's done. I got the helmet. I'm walking away. Rudolph comes up and gets fired up. And then Garrett, there's no excuse swinging that helmet. You could you could have killed someone. I mean, severely injured or killed someone. Um, so Garrett did wrong. There's no doubt, but I, I'm telling you, Rudolph deserves, I think he got maybe suspended for a game or something. And I think he probably deserves it. Yeah. I think he instigated no, no. it and Rudolph he didn't let fine, it go. I don't think he got suspended I, at all. I, I, Rudolph has culpability in this thing, but, but Garrett did, he, he, he jeopardized the, the entire Cleveland Brown season. Cause he's that kind now, of player. He's a, I, he's a transitional I might not player. have seen the whole, you know, uh, I, I, I might not have had the best angles or anything like that, but it did look like it was possible that Rudolph's helmet or uh, Rudolph's hand got stuck in Garrett's helmet because of the way he got tackled so viciously with eight seconds left to go and was frustrated by this and, and was maybe overreacting, trying to get free. Is that not possible by so, what you guys so saw? My, what I saw was <laughs> I think Garrett and maybe he didn't know the ball was out. Maybe and maybe it probably should have been rough in the past. Either way, he took him to the ground a little a little late after Rudolph threw it. And so Rudolph was upset. It looked like Rudolph went for the helmet to me. I, I don't. I so it it maybe like not to trying to get off, but it looked like he was pissed and just trying to do something. And it also looked like a foot maybe got kicked to the groin area of Miles Garrett. There, now I didn't there see was some that. Stuff that but, was, there okay. was some stuff that was iffy from Rudolph, but like you said, LJ, I just the thing that I can't grasp is eight seconds left. You, the Browns, who have not had a good year, not a lot to talk about, just dominate your rivals. The Steelers have dominated the Browns for the past. I don't. I don't know how long. I mean, forever. Long, long time. And and they just beat the crap out of them. Defense showed up. I mean, they're just the game's over. And I think uh, Freddie Kitchens he he doesn't do a lot right, but I thought he said it right after the game where he was just like, "There's 52 other guys on this team that instead of celebrating a huge win for Cleveland and this franchise, beating Pittsburgh and Baltimore in the same year, something they haven't done in like 20 years, and then Garrett does this, and now that's all we're talking about." I, and now, well, like you said, LJ, suspended for the year. That's their best defensive player gone for the year now. Well, no, that was Dad saying that that he's that kind of player, and I think that's that's very true. That like they they earned themselves a shot at the playoffs with that win. I mean, you know, they they were in a position to put themselves in that in in those you know late December games, and and now they're not. Like it's just not going to happen um, without a player of that caliber on that defense. In my opinion, I agree with Dad on that. I. It's just as wild. I don't know how you do it. And you just, I understand. I understand him getting upset at Rudolph. Like, I totally do. I think both of them had, both of them had some culpability in it, but you just, you can't let it get that far. You just can't. Um, 
right. Great. Now we have, a, speaking of Miles Garrett, we have a fun interview, a surprise guest for the Just Press Play podcast. We actually, I got to sit down with Miles Garrett, and we will get to that in just a second. But first, <laughs> I want to tell you about our friends from Blue Chew. Blue what Chew is. Tease. I want to tell you, guys, do yeah, you remember the days one. when. Do you remember the days? Maybe you weren't like Miles Garrett, just always ready to scrap. Like you weren't always ready to go. <laughs> well, now you can, but not in that sense. We're talking about in the bedroom. We have a way where you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. And it's from our friends over at bluechew.com. That is blue like the color. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it works. And you can take them anytime, day or night. Full stomach, empty stomach, doesn't matter. And since they're chewable, they're going to work twice, up to twice as fast as the pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And if you could benefit from some extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game, but our friends over at Blue Chew, they're going to help you follow through with it. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits. No waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, listeners of the Just Press Play podcast can get a special deal. If you go to bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code armchair, just pay the $5 shipping. That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code armchair, to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, now to our interview with Miles Garrett. All right, now we welcome on a special guest to the Just Press Play podcast. We are welcoming on the Miles Garrett. And Miles, it has had to have been a crazy time ever since uh, last Thursday night for you. <laughs> yeah, man, Miles with an I you got on the on the line here. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been nuts, man. My Twitter has been going off nonstop, and uh, social media it's been crazy. Yeah, just for for background for anyone, so. Like you said, Miles with an I. I'm talking to Miles Garrett, who's a uh, you're a sports record, reporter anchor for a TV station over in South Bend, Indiana. So what that does is that gives you a verified Twitter account with the name Miles Garrett. And Twitter users after Thursday night didn't really care to check what which Miles Garrett they were tweeting at when they were upset about the <laughs> whole helmet incident with Mason Rudolph. And so you really got um. I mean, you were you were called all kinds of names on Twitter and probably Facebook and Instagram, wherever else. Oh what yeah, man, it was it was crazy. Yeah, you, you'd think that uh, people would be able to tell the difference between a five foot ten uh, white guy and a six foot five uh, black guy who plays football <laughs> for the Cleveland Browns, and especially since my name and my handle has my station WSBT. But clearly, that wasn't enough for uh, some. Very uh, colorful fans out there who uh, thought that I was him. Well, and you were told to, like, you, you need to never step foot on a football field again <laughs> and, and and all kinds of the sorts. And you did actually, you did play football, correct? Like, I did, yes. While, I but... was a very uh, below average wide receiver <laughs> in high school. So if, if someone were to run into you in real life, run into you and Miles with a Y, Miles Garrett, they wouldn't, you would never be mistaken for for, for him. I can't, I mean, it, it, I'd be kind of worried about the person if they did. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a very clear physical difference between myself and the defensive end for the Cleveland Browns. But it's kind of funny because me and him are actually the same age. He's like three, three or four months older than me. So uh, we're, I guess, similar in that regard, but otherwise I wouldn't say any, any resemblance there. 
Well, and it's funny on we had a while back ago on our podcast we had it was after uh, John Jones the fighter <laughs> in UFC got in trouble with some some uh, performance enhancing or some or maybe marijuana I'm not sure what it was but yeah. he got suspended right before a huge fight and we talked to a guy named John Jones who <laughs> same name but he was as as same with you and Miles Garrett he was a five foot I think five foot ten white guy and John Jones is a very big black man who's very athletic and John Jones that I was talking to was actually a video game designer and he said that he was just ringed by people for being a terrible human being oh man it was it was funny he was actually tagged um in quite a few of the the people that were that were tweeting at me it was him there was uh Jerry Sandusky with a G there was um uh who was the other guy there's there's quite a few of them um his, like, just welcome. people realizing that they're they've fallen victim to the same. Oh yeah, thing, yeah. You know? John Jones was one of them. Um, I'm trying to remember uh, Jeffrey Epstein. There was a Jeffrey Epstein in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's there, I guess there's some kind of club on Twitter of people who unfortunately share the same name of people who are going through very unfortunate events. And uh, Miles Garrett went through one of those Thursday, apparently. And probably 364 days out of the year, you don't deal with it. But that one day where Miles Garrett decides to hit Mason Rudolph with the helmet, what what can you say, like for your phone? What was the note? What was your notifications going like? Was your phone just off the hook for Thursday or no, not Thursday? I guess uh, that Thursday night into Friday night, it was just nonstop. It it was constantly buzzing. Um, which kind of made life a little bit difficult because, you know, I'm a reporter and Fridays and Thursdays are pretty busy nights for us right. uh, covering high school football. So uh made life a little bit interesting trying to figure out, you know, high school football scores and covering Notre Dame athletics and uh, getting all these notifications about how uh, I never should play in the NFL again. Um, but uh, yeah, it, uh, it certainly made for an interesting night. Uh, luckily, it didn't make, uh, didn't interfere with my job, uh, but uh, we made it work. <laughs> So I saw when you were posting some that some were just, you know, they were they were harsh, but not not to the extent where they were, you know, throwing vulgar words oh, at yeah. you. But mm-hmm. there there were quite a few. What would you say the percentage of people that realized their screw up and joked about it and like apologized? And then the, the percentage of people who just didn't care and were just coming at you 100 miles an hour. Well, the, the funniest one, uh, to be honest with you, was were the people that would like because i don't know if you saw the the tweet that i posted of all the screenshots uh, where i kind mm-hmm. of fake apologized to mason rudolph um the funniest thing was seeing people respond to that tweet being like oh an apology isn't good enough like oh like <laughs> did you even read the tweet <laughs> like yeah, they still like so they didn't they still didn't understand that they're not talking to yeah like, they, they thought garrett that was actually coming from miles garrett you know trying to get sympathy from you know, all these people talking about this. And I'm like, you just clearly did not read the tweet, but no, it was funny. The, the, the funny thing would be to, you know, see, cause I'd respond to a, to a few of them. Um, and I still am kind of, there's still some people who were, who are uh, DMing me right now. But uh, yeah, the funniest thing would be to see the deleted tweets of people. Um, some people would be pretty funny about it. They'd be like, oh, I can't believe I fell for it, that type of thing. But uh, yeah, there are some jokers out there who uh, clearly did not get uh, what the tweet was about. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I'd say for the most part, it looks like after Thursday night, the consensus was you need to be suspended for the rest of the season from the NFL. Sure. Mm-hmm. You need to pack your crap up and go, one person says, to London. Mm-hmm. And it seems universally that everyone believes charges should be brought. Oh, yeah, there, there were quite a few calls for me to be arrested. There was there was a bunch of those. It's, there, there was, quote, thuggish behavior, quote, belongs in jail. Uh, I saw thugs being thugs. Oh, yeah, throw off, throw Miles Garrett in jail. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that. So I know you're you're from the Atlanta sports area, correct? Correct. 
I want or Atlanta area, but you're an Atlanta sports fan. So I wanted to ask you, I'm a, a big Dallas fan. So it's, this is a, a, we're sidetracking a little bit here, but I just, why well, I had John, I had to ask. So you're probably, I'm sure you're a big Trey Young guy, correct? Yes, I am a big Trey Young guy. And if he ever hears this podcast, Trey, I am very, very sorry for ever doubting you when we drafted you. I uh, always thought they should take Luka Doncic, but you were clearly proving me wrong. But yes, I am a Trey Young fan. So going, going back now. Would you, if you could take one or the other, Luca, Trey, Luca or Trey, which one would you go? I'm with? taking I, Trey. Trey. You're taking Trey over Luca now. I'm taking Trey over Luca. I am very, very satisfied with what I'm seeing with Trey, and I think you know even just the other guys that the that the Hawks have taken since then. I mean, I love the the draft they had, getting Hunter and Reddish um, in the same draft, really, and uh, they got Kevin Herter last year too, which I think he's kind of a sleeper too, but. Uh, they needed a good point guard, Trey Young. I mean, we missed on Chris Paul like a dec- over a decade ago. So, I mean, we finally landed a good one. So, uh, I don't think I have any regrets on that one. I like Trey. Well, see, I was I was with you. And one, I was just drinking the Kool-Aid because I'm a Mavericks fan. So, I was <laughs> happy course, that yeah. we got Luca. But <laughs> I'm, I'm with you in the fact that at, at one point, I thought this was the dumbest thing ever. What was, what was Atlanta thinking? Oh, yeah. Trey has definitely proved me wrong. He is a definitely a valid point guard. But. Oh no, yeah, I, I'm right there. See, the, the reason I thought they messed up is it was just it seemed like such a classic Hawks move at the time. You know that the Hawks have had a history of just screwing up draft picks, and at the time, Lucas seemed like you know the surefire pick. Uh, you know the the can't miss prospect, and of course they take a guy like Trey Young, who at the time was kind of like a high ceiling. Uh, guy where he was kind of unpredictable, uh, but you didn't really know what he was going to do. And it just seemed like, you know, the Hawks are just going to whiff on another, you know, risky pick and not take the surefire one. But it uh, looks like things worked out. Um, before we before we wrap up with you um, and on the whole Miles Garrett situation and all that, you also, what was it? I think, was it Friday last week or sometime last week, they had you on the little, the, the sports center. <laughs> Snapchat thing is that correct? They did, yes, yeah. I was on the the Sports Center Snapchat, uh, which again was funny because uh, I was covering high school football that night, and again I was in the middle of shooting a game, and I checked, happened to check my my phone. Luckily, um, after all the notifications I was getting, and Sports Center happened to have uh, slid into the DM saying, "Hey, can we <laughs> Facetime you um, in like ten minutes?" And, you know, I, this was like three minutes before halftime at my game. So I was like, yeah, like you just wait on just like a couple more minutes here. I'm, I'll be good to go. Um, and, yeah, they, they FaceTimed me at, at halftime of a, of a game when I was outside. It was freezing cold, so I probably didn't look my best. But, yeah, it was, it was kind of funny. They had this whole bit design where I was supposed to be uh, – or they thought that they were calling the real Miles Garrett, and they ended up calling me, of course. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a funny little bit that they did. That's pretty. Yeah, I guess um, you don't really get too many opportunities where Sports Center is asking you to Facetime with them, so you kind of try to make some time when you can. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that was something that I couldn't uh, couldn't pass up, no doubt. But uh, now this this is actually the second time I've been missed. I mean, it's, it's happened a few times, but uh, the first time I, I got like a hundred followers the night he was drafted by the Cleveland Browns. So it, it, there's been a mistaken identity before. I've had people follow me because they think that I'm him, but it kind of cooled off until Thursday happened. But uh, yeah, I'd have to send a thank you to him because he's kind of helped out my, uh, my Twitter following a good bit. Well, I guess I just don't, I mean, even, even if I, cause I'm guessing what happens is people are, they're going, they're just going straight to the tweet button. Cause you know, of course, when you're upset, you just got to go straight. Yeah, you don't to even Twitter think, and, right? And it out. <laughs> but so they put at miles Garrett and, and Twitter will kind of 
uh, select it for you. I get give you a, a guess who you're going for, and when they see Miles Garrett TV, I guess is your is your handle. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they see the the verified, so they just go ahead and go. But I think automatically, one if you see Miles Garrett TV, I don't. I wouldn't think that the football player would have TV at the end of exactly the right. <laughs> and then if they do any research before they go, because some of them are just completely calling out your character and your oh, integrity yeah. <laughs> and everything. You think you'd at least make sure I call it takes one look at your profile picture and I think it's pretty obvious. I don't know, from my from my viewpoint. I'd like to think so. I mean I'm, I'm I know I'm standing on a football field, but uh, I'd like <laughs> to think that uh, there's no really relation to a you know Pro Bowl caliber football player in Miles Garrett than with me. But like we said, when, when it's when it's time to get off those tweets and get off those hot takes, you, you don't have time to vent who you're. Who you're no, who you're yeah, of course. There's, there's no time to there. even think about that, I suppose. And clearly, clearly happened to my. The, the funniest one I thought was really the the Instagram stuff because again, there was people on Instagram too, and where it's just pictures and it's very clearly nothing of Miles Garrett, but people still commenting saying I should be suspended. But you know. I think I think my favorite part of the whole ordeal has to be when you do your fake apology, where you, you're you're just playing along with it. No, you were a good sport with all of it, but then still, people not accepting your apology. Yeah, that's exactly. That, that's that had to be my favorite part. Oh, it was hilarious. Yeah, again, there, there's still some people who are doing it now. It's slowed down a good bit, but uh, no, it's 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 funny to see how people are treating this still. Well, for you and and John Jones and Jeffrey with the G Epstein and Jerry or Jerry Sandusky with the G, I mean, you've you're, you've now joined the elusive club of the guys who get mistaken all too often on social media. So. Oh yeah, yeah, it's an exclusive club. I hope no one in the future has to join it, but I'm sure there will be. All right, Miles. Well, I really appreciate you coming on with us, and I hope your uh, Twitter mentions cool down from. Awesome, from man. Now. I appreciate the time. All right, man. Thanks. We appreciate Miles for hopping on with us. It was a fun interview. Uh, Speaking of the Miles Garrett Brown stuff, not not our buddy Miles, but the actual Miles Garrett and the Browns, the <laughs> the, the the moment that escalated last Thursday night. Uh, today we're recording this as of Tuesday, and it is actually the 15 year anniversary of a night where things escalated way past the point of last Thursday, and that oh, yeah. is the Malice in the Palace in Detroit. And LJ, you had an interesting thought. We were talking before we started recording that what if this would have been a star player, not Mason Rudolph. What if the mouse of the palace would have happened in Pittsburgh? I mean, who knows? Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking. If this, if this, uh, if this miles Garrett incident, uh, happened in Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger, I think we might have Pittsburgh faithful jumping out of the stands to, you know, join the melee. And that would have been something wild to see. Um, I would have, you know, without thinking about it, called it the, uh, wildest thing to happen in sports ever. But then, yeah, uh, that the mouse in the pot, the malice in the palace was, I mean, can you set the stage for that just for, you know, people that don't remember? Yeah. So November 19, 2004, the Pacers were playing at the Detroit Pistons and multiple players go into the state. It, it kind of happened. I, I believe there was a free throw missed or, or there was some kind of rebound and Ben Wallace shoved Ron Artest, just shoved him. And if you remember Ben Wallace, that was a man you don't really want to mess with. Right. Apparently, Ron Artest is a man you don't want to mess with either. But he shoves, he shoves Ron Artest, and from that point, they were ready to go. They were, they were heated, and, and people were trying to back it up, and they, they started throwing out texts. And, and Ron Artest, because he's just Ron Artest, and he's a little different, he lays down on the scores <laughs> table and is sitting there, and I think they're about to eject Big, uh, ben, Roth, or ben Wallace and Ron Artest. And Ron Artest is laying on the scores table, and then a fan – from the stands, throws it. It looked almost like a red solo cup. It was a cup of beer or something. Throws a cup, hits Ron Artest yeah. on the chest. Beer goes all over him, and then from that point, it's on like Donkey Kong. Ron, Ron Artest runs up into the stands, 
start swinging at fans. Steven Jackson runs in there, starts hitting people. Jermaine O'Neal. It's a thing that doesn't get talked about as often, but Jermaine O'Neal comes in to swing a punch, and he actually slips on some water or something, and so he doesn't really connect with the fan, which thank the, thank yeah, the Lord good. for that yeah, fan because it would have put that fan oh. in the grave. He was That was a seven-foot, 260-pound man coming with everything he had. Uh, ended up with the, the the longest suspension in NBA history with Ron Artest getting suspended for 86 games. And actually, a fun fact I was reading on the internet, uh, Ron Artest said that he actually later apologized to the fan and had talked to the fan. And that fan said the reason that they threw the cup was because his buddy sitting right beside him bet him 20 bucks that he couldn't hit Ron Artest with the cup at the score table. Wow. And boy, was it worth the $20. I don't know. <laughs> wow. So, Dad, I wanted, I wanted to ask you about wow. that. I mean, I, me and LJ, I, I was really young. LJ was a lot younger, obviously, 2004. What do you remember? You probably weren't watching it live, but what do you remember thinking? Like, have you ever seen anything like that? Was it the first time something that crazy No, I, I can't remember – what I remember is Ron Artest going into the stands to take on a fan. That's what yeah. comes to mind with that. And I never remembered a player leaving the playing field or leaving the court to go into the stands to take on a fan. And that yeah. was unbelievable. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I thought Ron Artest was a thug, an idiot. And, you know, he's actually a pretty interesting guy, but – his button just got pushed too quick, too far, and he he went off. He just yeah. and, well, and, I, and, and and I want to say this: it's about the Miles Garrett too. These guys are in adrenaline filled true positions, true. and I mean, you know, I could see me swinging a a bat at somebody. They break. I've got a bat behind my door right now. Somebody breaks in my house. I could find that bat. And I'm swinging it at them, and I'm swinging it with bad intentions. So, because I'm nervous, I'm scared, my adrenaline's going, and I mean, here you are in a very aggressive game. It's not right. True. I don't know. I just wouldn't push an athlete in that that point. Uh, I just wouldn't do it. Well, it's interesting. Like I I think Tom Brady brought up that point. They asked him about the Miles Garrett thing, and he was like, I'm not saying what he did was right, obviously, but we're in in an environment where, I mean, you're – you're hitting each other. You're, I mean, it's mm-hmm. a violent game, and our our aggression is up, and your adrenaline's up, and it's not that wild to see someone escalate too quick. And all of a sudden, I, from all from everything I've heard, Miles Garrett completely as soon as it happened, realized what the heck did I just do? But yeah. things happen. And then to the Ron Artest thing, the fan. I don't know how you could one Ron Artest just ha- had Ben Wallace, who we just mentioned. Is if Ben Wallace is getting your face, you better be ready to go because Ben Wallace is not just a little guy. It's a big man with <laughs> big that wild man. fro. And so Ron Artest is amped. I mean, his adrenaline is on fire. And then he gets hit in the face with beer. The fans shouldn't have let's not the fans shouldn't have thrown beer at an NBA player. That's just yeah. ridiculous yeah. and stupid. But even if it was for $25, you <laughs> it know, like yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. And I think you're right, Dad. I think it's not at, at, watching on TV, you're like, oh my gosh, how could that happen? I we're wanting these guys to to their their adrenaline's going and they're in this high pressure situation and it's not that crazy to lose it. I, now he's you know, wrong. Shouldn't have done it, and everybody that jumped in the stands shouldn't have done it. But the fans, just like Mason Rudolph, shouldn't have done whatever he did. The fans shouldn't have done what they did as well in the mouse of the palace. LJ, what do you remember from that? You're pretty young. Oh, I, I just remember the you know Sports Illustrated. I, I haven't gotten one in a long time, but they used to at least do, and I, they probably still do the sort of like photo essays at the beginning of the magazine. And I just remember the picture from that was just so engaging. It was so like it was like a Renaissance painting. You know, it was just like amazing seeing this 
just chaos happen at a really structured event. Like I just never seen anything like that in my young age ever. It was so um, crazy. I went back and watched the video today. I mean, there's fans afterward. They start going off and fans are throwing like bottles onto this court and they're just trying to get yeah. everyone off the court for their own safety at that point. Cause I mean, it's, it was nuts. Yeah. I've never seen anything like yeah. it. It was like WWE, yeah. but it was really going on in a yeah, NBA game. Right. It was wild. Right. Right. Well, what that just to, to touch on what you guys were just talking about, though, I wanted to respond to that. That made me realize a little bit of hypocrisy that was in my mind when you were talking about the adrenaline of these players and how it's kind of hard to like fully fault them. Um, I was thinking, so what Miles Garrett did was reprehensible, but then I can't remember what, what his name was, but that offensive lineman for the Steelers, what he did was totally justified when he or started throwing punches yeah. and uh, who Pouncy Marquise Pouncy. Kick yeah, Marquise the Pouncy. Yeah, I thought that was totally justified to throw those punches and throw that kick in there. Um, because he's protecting his his uh, quarterback, and there's so much adrenaline, and that's so stupid of me to think one uh, adrenaline fueled violence was more justified than another adrenaline fueled violence. Like both of them are either wrong or a you part know what? Of the game. I'm right there with you, LJ. I'm right there with you, though. I, I'm pouncy. I understand better than I did Garrett. I, for whatever reason, I, you're right. Well, mm. it seems like it seems stupid what what Garrett did. And it seems noble what Pouncey did, but both of them are really, when it comes down to it, just, you know, adrenaline junkies who are, who make a living off of, you know, being stronger and tougher than the guy across from them, being stronger and tougher than the guy across from them. You know, that's what it comes down to yeah. for both guys. Yeah. So it both are both. Well, I don't think the, the Miles Garrett thing. Uh, I mean, I guess it does relate a little bit to the Malice and Palace just because it was wild, it doesn't compare. but it doesn't compare because it didn't escalate to that point. It never got to that. Point. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I mentioned Tom Brady and his comments on the Miles. Uh, I mentioned the goat and his comments on the Miles Garrett stuff. And LJ, you had proposed a. Re- it was right before we started que- uh, the pod, <laughs> and you proposed a question that I just want to hear Dad's response to it. And it was about goats. Just go ahead, Ella. What were you going to? What were you? Yeah, asking I, that? I fear he might not even have an answer uh, because I. It was too late, you know. But uh, I bet he does. Um, I was thinking about, so I was thinking about goats because I was thinking about the history of all times. He wasn't the, thinking about goats, the animals just for right. I might've been both. It's, <laughs> it's not relevant which one, uh, but I was thinking about, you know, the, the historic upset that the Vikings had, which took me to the historic upset that Tom Brady and the, the Patriots had against the Falcons. And I think that is the moment that I realized that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback to have ever played football. Um, I know it's a little bit later than most people, but I was thinking about like, um, for me, that was the moment. And I was thinking about like, so I didn't really grow up like seeing Jordan as like a human. He was already the greatest of all time when I was like even paying attention to sports. But I was wondering, Pops, when you were watching Jordan, at what point, if there was a point, did he transition into being the greatest of all time? Well, when you asked that, I, I did have to think about it a little bit. And I and it was funny. So I had actually I think one, two, three, four, five things that did come to mind with wow. Jordan. Wow. That that I that I remembered. And and they all really are testaments to his just competitive his competitiveness and just not willing to lose. Just whatever. Just but so I will I'll tell you the things. And I don't know if yeah. these are in any particular order. The the one where he changed his hands against the LA Lakers in the finals. You know, he's going up for the dunk and changes hands and lays it up oh, with the left hand. Yeah. <laughs> I, re- I remember where yeah. I was when that when I saw that. Uh, and, and maybe this one is probably more the the flu game. You know, he had the flu, and it it seemed pretty obvious that he was very very ill. I mean, they were they were walking him on and off the court. Pippen was helping him, and then when he get in the game, he's just he's just 
balls to the wall, just going crazy. He's not a human being. Just would not lose. Uh, then the shot over Craig Elo, I think that was with the Cavaliers. Push off? Yeah, he, I mean, yeah, he probably did push off, but he's he's the goat. You get a little, you yeah, get a little no, when I'm, you're the I'm goat. I'm totally joking with you. Uh, so I'm here in the hangover then, game, the push off. Okay, the uh, you know the shrug, you know the shrug where he's hitting those threes, yes, all those yes, threes yes, on yes, Portland, yes. I think, and he just and he just goes, I, I don't know, I'm just I'm the goat, you know. Man, and then Art and then finally, are be fantastic this week. We we put this on our website before, but that little deal where he's like, he gets the ball and he's like. I want to go outside to the corner. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm going to turn around and dunk on Pat Ewing's ass. Pat <laughs> Ewing. It's not just a center. It's, Pat it's not just anybody. It's Pat <laughs> Ewing. And just uh, his will to win was like nothing I've ever seen, I think, before or since. I mean, LeBron is is in the discussion, but I just don't think he's he's that player that I've seen with that will to win. So – and we're not getting into a LeBron Jordan thing, but this is more talking about how uh, Tom Brady and Jordan. I think LeBron probably is a better all-around basketball player, but there's LeBron is, but there's just something about Jordan and Tom Brady where you just don't. They're just nope. not going to lose. They're, they're just, just not going to lose. Won't. They won't fail. They won't. And I, I think that's what separates them from the rest. And it, it's it's weird. I don't understand. I can't put myself in there because I just don't know. I think they're they're a bit insane. I, we've talked about this a little bit before, I think, but there's something a little off with them. They're wired differently than normal human beings, and they just yeah. it makes them great. It really does. Uh, I, I was hearing a story. I was reading a story one time about uh, it was a former Chicago Blackhawks guy. I can't remember, but he was he was on the Blackhawks around the time Jordan was on the Bulls, and he said he was out golfing with Jordan on a game day for the Bulls. The Blackhawks were off, and he was golfing with Jordan. And Jordan uh, is notorious for his gambling on the course. And they were playing, yeah. and he took. He said he took Jordan for a good amount. I think he kind of hinted at probably twenty thousand or something. But after the game, after they got done, they played thirty six holes. They played twice. Played two two rounds, and then afterward, Jordan's like we said, got a game against the Phoenix Suns that night, and they're walking off the course, and they've been drinking Coors Light. And the guy for the Blackhawks is thinking, Jordan's out here playing thirty six holes, drinking Coors Light. He's got a damn professional game in hours. Like he's got a game to play. <laughs> Jordan says, how about this? Double or nothing. I'll score 40 tonight and we'll win by 20. And the guy was like, sure, you've been out here drinking beers and golfing all day long. Sure. Then Jordan goes out there, beats the Suns by 25 points and puts up 52 points in the game. He's just (laughs) insane. He's insane. Insane. Wow. He's not a human being. I don't know what's – but I thought that question was cool. Did he feel mortal to you? Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say that when I, I think I already had Tom Brady as the goat probably before that Falcons, but yeah, that that one was incredible. Twenty eight three, and the game was over. We were I was I, I was actually yeah. over at uh, Keith Smith's house. We were watching the game there, and we were we were thinking about turning like we were going to turn channel because it's Super Bowl, but nobody was paying attention. And all of a sudden, we're like, oh, twenty eight to ten, oh, twenty eight seventeen. We have a game, okay? And it, yeah. it was just it was crazy. What were you going to say, El? Well, I was just going to say that. Uh, I don't know. It's just it feels like the 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 mythos around Jordan is that he never seemed like a mortal. Like to me, Tom Brady for a long time seemed like, well, he's lucky. Well, he's on a good team. Well, he's got, you know, the best receivers in the game. But, you know, um, it, you know it's hard to ignore looking back that he had Rache Caldwell as his best receiver for a season. Um, mm. And I was just, you know, it's, it's I can't imagine Jordan ever feeling like a a decent player. Like it seems like and from, from my experience that he's just always been the best player that has ever played, you know? And so yeah. it's just weird to think about like there was a turning point. It, uh, they're, they're both good. I, there's another, there's a new goat sprouting up 
Uh, Dad, I don't know if you pay attention to much NBA this year, but our, my boy, uh, this is a little premature, my boy Luka Doncic is on fire for the yeah. Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> the other night against the Spurs, he uh, had a 42-point triple-double, and he is Jeez. now the second player in NBA history to have a 40-point triple-double with only at the under the age of 22, and that is him Jeez. and LeBron James. Wow. Um, wow. There's no player 20 or younger that has averaged more points than Luka Doncic. There's no player 20 or younger that has averaged more assists than Luka Doncic. And as far as triple-doubles before turning 21, Luka has 13. Magic had seven. LeBron had five. I, clearly, I'm joking. He's not the GOAT. Or I, I mean, there's still a long way to go, but I don't know if you've got a good star in NBA, Dad, this year, but Luka looks amazing. He's averaging, yeah. I think, like 27 Ten and nine, or something—it's just insane. You know, and I think two guys that'll be linked is—is uh, is it Trey, Trey Young, and, and Luka Doncic? And Trey Young's been playing pretty good from what I've been been seeing. So I, it'll be really fun to watch those guys' careers. I think as they go. Well, it's fun. It's like what what me and Miles talked about earlier in this episode, but because he's an he's that he's Atlanta guy, and he was talking about how with Luka with that draft, he was upset that the the Hawks traded down to get Luca, mm-hmm. but now he's all in on the, on Trey young bus. And I, I agree. Trey young has shown that he's awesome. Luca's shown that he's awesome. I think that's one of those, that's going to be a fun rivalry slash argument, kind of like the, the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady thing. I think this mm-hmm. one will be fun because not only did they come in the same draft, they got traded for each other basically. And both of them are young and look great and going to be the faces of the NBA probably in the next 10 years. Yeah. You're right. Dad. Yeah. They're going to be linked forever and it's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be fun to watch them. Yeah. Um, did you guys have any other uh, unsports related or just anything y'all want to talk? I, I have, have I have one thing and then I have a fun fact. Awesome. I, I have so, a fun fact too, actually. Just listening Ooh. last week, I want to just tell you guys, listening to Jacob, uh, I mean a baseball guy. You know, Jacob is a baseball guy. He was a catcher. He knows what's going on. And hearing him talk about how stealing the signals, and, and I, I thought y'all kind of brushed over it. And, and y'all were talking about a lot of different things, but I thought it was so clever how he mentioned that uh, they would pick up on signals. And if they said a first name, it was like a change up. Or if it was yeah. a last oh, name. Oh, that's genius. It, that was so genius because you could see like Fred, yeah. Bob, Barney, you know, it, it, so it's never. Yeah. It, but it's a first name, last name thing. I thought that. That blew my mind. I thought that was so fascinating. Oh, that's exactly to- why I love a good cheating scandal is because they're so clever. Well, see, but that one, I Sorry, think that's not even cheating. Jake was saying that's, Jake was that's, saying that one's the one that's no, not I know. That's just good. I'm just saying it's clever. Yeah, yeah, No, yeah. I understand. I, I'm not trying to call it cheating. I just love the clever ways that we get around, like loopholes in the system. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And get advantages, get little, little bitty advantages by like having codes or, you know, it's just great. I, that's one of my favorite things about sports is the edges that we get and how we get them, you know? Well, yeah, I think I that's just ahead, you, you only get that from somebody that's really that's that I mean, has played yeah. the game at a high level. I mean, which Jacob has done. <laughs> yeah. And that is that I found that very fascinating. Well, that's why it was so timely to have him on. Right. As that news is kind of happening. And I was yeah. like, actually, Jake, while you're on, we didn't want to talk a little baseball. But me and LJ, have, I mean, we know very little about the yeah. sport. So we're, I'm glad we're bringing on someone who knows what they're talking about. Um Speaking of that Astro stuff, did you see that apparently they were so brazen? We talked about it last week, how they were brazen with their cheating. And they put out, as every team does, they put out like the the DVD for the World Series run. Yes, and in that this. DVD, there's clips of like one of the players walking up from the tunnel to the dugout. And they have this, this the station set up where they have a computer. They have the trash can they hit. They have the metal bar. Like they have everything really? they were using to cheat right yeah. there on yes. their DVD, and on the Astros DVD. The- wow. 
There's another screenshot from it where you see someone clearly carrying up a TV that was plugged in there moments ago. And there's sunflower seeds all over the ground because that trash can was not for trash. It was for hitting. And there were towels put up so you couldn't see it in, like, the security cameras in the stadium. It's It's incredible. It was so obvious that that's exactly what happened. And Rod Manfred has come out. I think this was earlier on Tuesday. He said that if there is... If there is evidence of them cheating, which it sure looks like there is, so they're going through the the evidence now. And if there's clear evidence they cheated, there's going to be major uh, punishment and discipline. So it'll be it'll be neat to see what ends up happening with that. But yeah, they wow. look like they're caught red handed on their own damn DVD of the World <laughs> Series. That's hilarious. <laughs> of all places. <laughs> um, before I get to your fun fact, well, let me see how much time we got here. I want to touch on this real quick. We don't have to go long, but this kind of news broke after we recorded last week, and then there's kind of an update to it today. But did y'all see, we talked about it before with Taylor Swift and her uh, little situation with her old recording labels. I saw and there was Braun. more, and I didn't see any more. Well, so last week it came out. She She's getting uh, honored for Artist of the Decade by the American Music Awards. And so there okay. at the awards, she wants to play, since it's a, an honor for the past decade, she wants to play her old hits. She wants to play them all because kind of do a little timeline of the hits. But Scooter Braun and Scott Borchetta of uh, Big Machine Records said that she could not do that because, as we know, they had a deal where she couldn't re-record her new songs until next year. They had a settlement, and she can't do it until next year. And they said by her performing it at the American Music Awards, that is another way of recording her old songs. Wow. And they wouldn't let her do it. And so Taylor Swift, as she's done before, she took to social media, and the Swifties came out on fire for Scott Borchetta and Scooter Braun. And now they have decided that she can play her music at the American Music Awards and all of them. So there has been a resolution to it, but it's just wild. They had the, they had the gumption to say, you're not going to play your old songs at the American Music Awards where you're getting honored for that old music and all your new, but come, I mean, I understand that people are petty, but come on, man. Mm. I mean, there, that's proof that you can be correct and an asshole at the same time. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, You're right. But Jesus, that's stupid. Um, Pops, you had you said you had a fun fact. Yeah, this is a quick and easy one, but and you might know the answer to this. Do you know what you call a single strand of spaghetti? I guess not a not a, a noodle. Spaghetti. I guess a spaghetto. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, a single strand of spaghetti is called a spaghetto. <laughs> I just thought that was very it. cool. That's fantastic. That's fun fantastic. Fact. That is interesting. Uh, well, Pops, did you get to hear uh, LJ's fun fact from last week about the um, the, the roads and how long those? Oh, the, absolutely! I I, I can't even, stop looking at them every time I pass I, one. Now I'm looking at how long they are. Me too. I did that to Tammy today, driving back from from uh, Shreveport. I said, "How long do you think that is?" She goes, "Uh, thirty six inches." I said, three feet. That's what you think, right? Three feet." Yeah. I said, "Wrong." <laughs> Her guess was at least better than mine. I don't forget what I said. I think I said a foot or something. I think you said a foot, and I think you need to slow down. <laughs> I don't know. I, I cannot stop. Like, every time I pass one now, I'm like looking at them like, oh, yeah, this is pretty long. I mean, Still it's like feet doesn't seem right, but it's, uh, yeah, but they're long. Um, now, is the distance is the distance between them, what'd you say, 30? On the highway, Did at least, yeah, 30 feet 30. between them? Yeah. Not in the city specifically. I would think that each city probably has their own sort of rules, but I know that the highway is like federally mandated. And so those are definitely uh, 10 by 30 by 10 by 30. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Wow. Well, speaking of driving, you want to hear a fun fact I got for you? Yeah. Well, hell yeah. If we could, if we could drive straight up 
straight up into the air. Outer space is only an hour's drive away if your car could go straight up. Wow. Think about that because you're 60 miles. 60 miles is... Because re- so researchers at um, where was it at? I was University of Calgary said that Earth's atmosphere gives way to the bleakness of beyond is 118 kilometers b- above Earth. Mm. So if you could drive straight up into the air, which obviously we can't, but that I just you think about our space is way away. I guess just like yeah, it's whoa, pretty close. space is way up there, and it's just that's quicker than it is for me to get to Texarkana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. a lot quicker. Yeah, <laughs> it's, well, like, it's like a trip Fort to Smith. Smith from Fayetteville. <laughs> yeah, and you can be in space. Yeah. I just thought that was—I cool. thought that was kind of neat. All right, that will do it for another episode of the Just Press Play Pod. I'm glad we had Pops back from his load management. Of course, <laughs> LJ back in with us. Uh, we will be back again next week. Of course, you can always find our show notes over on our website at JustPressPlayPod.com, and make sure you're finding us over on Facebook or Twitter and interacting with us. And if you haven't already. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you get get your podcast at. Make sure you're sticking with us each week. Uh, before we got out, get out of here, I want to thank Miles for Miles Garrett for coming on with us. That was fun. A lot of fun. I'm glad yeah, he came on. And you thanks. can find him on Twitter at Miles Garrett TV. And uh, before we get out, I did want to say, uh, Pops, you just came back from Shreveport. I just wanted to say our thoughts are with Mamaw Flanagan. She needs to get, get better. For and I can't sure. wait to see everybody soon. And I just wanted to give a little shout out to Mamma Plenty because we love her and uh, she just went through some. Get her back out on the links as soon as it gets warm. <laughs> yeah, we need to get on the golf course soon. So. She'll be there. Come spring, <laughs> she's going to run circles around all of us. I guarantee, <laughs> I guarantee it. All right, that'll do it for another episode. We will catch you again next week. And thanks for joining us. Peace out. Peace. You just going to leave that hanging out there, this interview with Miles Garrett. You just going to leave it hanging like that. <laughs> I think you need to go to go, yep, I'm five foot eleven, miles geared, white sports. <laughs> he said something, but all right, and then oh, that's fantastic.